coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzz on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we're here this week to talk about a film that we've been talking about talking about for a long time. <laughs> we just keep talking. We just keep talking. Um, <laughs> this one is I Know Who Killed Me. Woo! <laughs> another, uh, another installment in our Lindsay Lohan series. The Lilo-verse. Um, yeah. Um, it's a classic. This is this is a uh, a milestone moment here for us. I think this this film. I, I haven't seen this film up until this week, and I've always heard that it was kind of bizarre. Um, seemed like the right thing for this, so we're gonna we're gonna get into it tonight. Uh, but before we it. do that, we've got a couple of other orders of business. First, uh, first of all, what are we drinking tonight, Matt? Um. I don't know why I can't just be normal. Um, <laughs> you never are, but that's um, so. I have that's I fine. have two drinks. Um, one is quasi themed after this movie. Not really though. Uh, <laughs> I have you know I had one of those like mini those packs of like mini bottles with champagne, um, prosecco mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so I'm drinking one of those because that to me um, is what the one of Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's character drinks like champagne in, in this movie at one point. So that's really the only the only reason I have it. Um I couldn't okay. think of any, you know, um whatever. But I do have a gin fizz as well that I'm ready to to drink. And that has egg well, okay, I'm actually drinking that first. So sorry to the world. But that has an egg white in it, and that's in honor of Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> um, which, I saw, oh. which is the most recent movie I saw in theaters. So Oh boy. Uh, because there's well, there's some egg you know there's some egg action in that movie. There there's some some very interesting egg action. You there's you could have made like a like a bloody gin fizz. I know I know <laughs> I thought about putting like grenadine like drizzling it over it, but then I was you know time was time was running out. Right. Well, that's that's an interesting way of incorporating the ingredients. <laughs> um, uh, a plus for that, and um, we're also going to talk a bit about movies we've seen in theaters recently because there have been so many that came out recently um can barely even name them all but um i think what we're going to talk about tonight is dungeons and dragons and uh evil dead rise what's the last one (laughs) there's one other one john wick four that's it yeah that's how long it's been. I finally saw John Wick 4. Um, there's also so many other ones that I haven't gotten to see yet because they don't play any movies around here. Um, I'm hoping to see Bo is Not Afraid soon because that one. I believe been... the name of the movie is Beauty Bo Scare. is Afraid. I get that wrong every time. What? Wait, Bo I is... thought... didn't Bo you say afraid. it? I said Bo is Not Afraid. Oh, you did. I was saying I believe the name of the movie is Bew is Scared. Bew is Scared. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually, that's what right. what my coworker called it today on the, <laughs> on the team's scared. call. <laughs> um, you know that film, uh, Bew is Scared? Um, yeah. Um, 
Got to see yeah, that one. No, it is Bo is Afraid. Got to see the Chad Exorcist movie, the Pope's the Chad Exorcist. Exorcist movie. Yeah, I've seen um, all of these. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot. I'm I'm so far behind. I don't know if I'm ever gonna see How to Blow Up a Pipeline until it comes out on streaming because like that's not showing a lot of places. No, it's not even showing a ton of places here. I mean, like it's been you know. It's New York, so please take that, you know, with a grain of salt. Um, but you gotta uh, walk like five blocks to get exactly. To I was gonna say, but it's not like at like every AMC or anything like that, right? You know? Right. Um, so, um, like, I saw it at an AMC, and I think I had to go to the Lincoln Square one to see it. It wasn't playing at any of the other ones I regularly go to, um, and I was like, okay, um, yeah, but cool. yeah, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been crazy busy at the movie theaters this month. Um, and it doesn't look like it's stopping, so I got to catch up. Anyway, let's talk about John Wick Four. Um, no, I saw this over a month ago, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw this um at the beginning of April, so like I, don't I saw know, this like opening day. It was like the opening night. <laughs> How, what was that atmosphere like? It was a very busy theater. Were people getting um, hype there? Yeah, but, like, usually when I do things for, like, opening night, it's, like, the Alamo in Lower Manhattan, which has, like, like, it, the auditorium seat, like, like, 27 people. Um, so, they're oh, pretty yeah. small. Oh, yeah, that's small. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty small theaters, so, you know, it's not, like, as crazy as you might be thinking, but it is, it, they usually do, like, still, like, sell out and things like that. And so, it did, and the, the crowd, I mean, it was a really bro-y crowd. And I was like, all right, um, <laughs> we're doing this. Um, I feel like I'm not usually, I mean, I'm not, I would say that I have pretty bro-y taste in some action movies, um, but I, I'm i not used to going to opening night surrounded by that crowd. I was like, all right, we're doing this. Um, <laughs> but um, it was good. It was really fun. Um, that movie was fun in theaters and the crowd seemed to really like it. Um, I really liked it. So it all worked out. Yeah. I got to say, it was a good crowd for this one. I think I saw it like the second weekend it was out. Still a pretty crowded theater. Um, and everybody was really like reacting to all the action scenes well. Yeah. Which is, that's always fun to get a really reactive crowd. Um, but yeah, I mean, what more can you say about this film than just like it's got the best of what you like from the previous John Wick movies, just impeccably choreographed action sequences some really noteworthy ones like the stair fight at the end. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the, uh, hotline Miami style room clearing one yes. with the overhead camera. Uh, that was yeah. so crazy. Um, just lots, of, lots of action, you know, light on plot <laughs> as we'd expect. Um, <laughs> but, but some great performances in there as well. I mean, Donnie Yen was fantastic. Donnie Yen is so good. Donnie Yen is great. Keanu's so great as always. Bill Skarsgård, pretty fun as a yeah, villain. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he played a fun little villain here. Um, um, oh, um, Rina Sawayama is in this movie for reasons that I, I was like, what the fuck? She acts. Um, um, I just know her as a musician. Um, that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, Hiroyuki Sonata, um, always a delight. Always a delight. Lance yeah. Reddick. Um, that was oh yeah moving. um <laughs> lance reddick is his final like is this gonna be his final screen i don't know i, don't I get, know but i don't know if he did anything else that hasn't come out yet um, he did he does so many recently. random roles it's um it's kind of hard to you know he pops up all over the place randomly. yeah 
Yeah. Um, so it's very possible there's more, but um, this is the last thing that I knew he was going to be in. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. But I thought it was really good. Um, all the, I mean, obviously all of the action sequences are just excellent. Um, they always are <laughs> in a John Wick movie. Um, you know, to think all of this is happening because of a dog. Um, <laughs> it know, is, it is so absurd to be like, you know, this all could have been avoided. This if is, they it's just really funny. Killed that dog. Because like, I went to work like, you know, the Monday after the movie had come out, so, you know, it came out, you know, before weekend and. I saw it and then I went to work and I was like, Hey, anyone else seen John Wick yet? And my boss was like, yep. Saw it this weekend. We were talking about it. He was like, um, my, my sister wanted to see the new movie. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to start the the first three this weekend so I can see the new one this week. And she, he was like, she texted me. She was like, I'm, I'm just starting the movie. This dog better not die. And I was like, well, oh, no. I was like, well, I gotta tell you, let me tell you, <laughs> you wouldn't have a franchise. Um, so, um, but it is very, uh, you know, the movies are great. Um, they're really fun. I don't, I mean, is this the end? I mean, not to be spoiler alert, but is this the end of the John Wick movies? I kind of think that it is, although there is at least a spinoff series about the Continental. And there have been hints that there's going to be a John Wick 5 as well. Who knows what form that will take right. or if and when it will come about. But, I mean, as with anything... Even if they they planned for this to be the end, like it's it's clearly meant Pretty to be clear, sort of like yeah, a closure right? to the main storyline. But there's definitely the possibility to um, keep going in any number of ways, and they've certainly built up a big enough world that they can do just about anything they want with it. Now, um, there was uh, speaking of dogs, there was a great dog in this film as well, like a, a Belgian Malinois. Oh yeah. Had gave such a um character just like such a really um charismatic performance, I guess, for a dog. Like it was there was a lot of fun dog action in this one. There usually is. There was there was some good attack dogs in John Wick Three. Um this one, the dog <laughs> was just really fun attacking people. He had that fun moment where he pissed on the guy that tried to <laughs> kill him. So <laughs> uh everybody laughed at that one. That was great. Um, yeah, always good, good dog stuff in John Wick. They, they love dogs there. Right. Um, I forgot to mention what I'm drinking tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't, um, I did I should have asked. How I was just like, oh, whatever. You don't care what I'm drinking, Matt? Come on. <laughs> um, so looping back, I am drinking sort of a blue Hawaiian. Uh, um, sort of. My idea here was there is a very obvious blue motif, and I know who killed me. Yeah, um, we, I can't wait to talk about that blue motif. It is completely unavoidable. Uh, even if you don't usually look for color palettes, you'll see this one. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, got to make a blue Hawaiian. So I go to make the blue Hawaiian. I'm, I've already started pouring some ingredients in. This is a classic like rookie mistake for bartending. You always pour the juice first. Um I did not, and by the time I got to the juice, I realized all my pineapple juice is off, so I have made it with orange juice instead. It's still pretty good. It's definitely a different drink, um, but it's interesting. I'm gonna have, it, it's, it's still got the coconut, so it's a coconut and orange juice. Um, I guess it's a little um, over it, – it's, it's like doubled up on the orange because the blue curacao is already an orange flavor. 
Right. But Although the the orange flavor of blue curacao is like the fakest yeah, orange flavor. Yeah, it's very of all time. fake. So really, I mean, we've just mixed in real orange on top of that. Blue curacao to... is one of those things where it's like, what is the flavor? And I am like, it is orange, but also it's just blue sweet. <laughs> it's like there's no there's sugar. no real there's no any like there's nothing like if I just sip that straight, I barely get any orange. You know, it's not yeah. like like um, a Cointreau. Um, no, no, no. You know. Um, it tastes like sugar. Yeah. But yeah, so this this is sort of added in the real orange flavor. Um it's a little different, but similar to a blue Hawaiian and it's good. So Is it is it blue Hawaiian season down there right now? Like are you feeling like the the tea drinks it's time? time uh to do it? it it has been. It was warm for a couple weeks and it has been much colder this week. Yeah, here too. But it's in that part of the spring where it's like just trying to get into summer a little too early and then dipping back into winter. Uh, so it's weird. But occasionally it is tiki drink weather here. Okay. Good to know. Uh, anyway, moving right along, let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was the Dave the Barbarian. That, yep. That's the, that's the Barbarian song. We, um, we all know it and love it. Yeah. Um. So also like Dungeons and Dragons. I also just want to say the Tame Impala song is so good, and I listen to it like all the time. Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's a fun credit song there. Yeah. Um. So that's the music. Um. Otherwise, this was a fun movie too. Um. I was kind of like wary going in because even though I'd seen like the reviews, I was like, hmm, maybe like, I don't know. It's just like a silly. The trailers did not convince me. Is what I'll say um yeah i thought they were like okay but i was like this could also very easily be the sort of thing where the trailers look kind of fun and then the movie is really stupid and they've used all the good jokes in the trailer exactly to make it look um, funny but i thought that was not the case and i thought it was actually quite good um it was such a nice surprise really yeah it really was um it was very fun it was it really didn't like the movie flew by uh, the runtime is, is you know not short um, but I really did not notice. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really quite a surprising movie. It feels like, uh, like the sort of action comedy film that you used to see now that it, it reminded me kind of, of like Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's something that you might not have really had high expectations going in for the first time. Like the, like oh the early uh, yeah pirates the first one yeah. yeah where it's like oh they're making a movie based on the ride at Disneyland like okay sure and then you see the trailers like oh this looks kind of spooky maybe kind of fun but like we'll see but it just knocks it out of the park and this was this very much had that kind of feeling for me where it's like wow like that was impressive it was funny it was exciting it ended where it felt like it should it had like kind of a touching story throughout it which was nice and really i don't have any major complaints about it at all like no i don't either i mean like um, one night to go to the movies my only real complaint is that i really thought cara delavine was in this movie but it turns out <laughs> that's not her who's the evil witch in this that, movie that is and, not cara delavine the... but like i spent the whole time thinking it was her and i think it, that's the suicide squad i really think i i we can blame suicide squad for that and like her performance as Enchantress yeah. in that. yeah movie. i was gonna say she um, does the villain in this film is kind of like her enchantress character yeah. from suicide squad um 
but I really was like shocked when I was watching this movie and I was like, Oh my God, that's not Cara Delevingne. Um, (laughs) so, but the villain in this movie is like a better version of that. Like she's actually pretty creepy and she's got like her creepy cult that she's a part of. That's like trying to just like kill everyone with this sort of shadow thing. Yeah. Um, Now what I don't know. So like I would not, I love the concept of D and D. I cannot say I'm somebody who plays a lot, has played a lot of D and D. Um, you would think I would. I'm a big, I'm big on fantasy. Um, but it's just like it's time consuming. Um, it also requires a constant group of friends. Not a thing yeah. that um, <laughs> I, I don't spend a lot of time with a lot of people um, regularly. So sorry to the world, um, not my <laughs> thing. Um, but we have a good friend of the pod who lives uh, elsewhere. Um, and you know, she might be able to tell us if, if this is like actually accurate. Um, um, so Georgia, if you're listening, um, but I, I, I wonder if that's like a feature of D and D the actual game. Like, I assume that a lot of this is like actual stuff from the tabletop game. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Um, only thing that I really recognize and I have like very little exposure to D and D is that, uh, that fake chest that was in the, um, in the maze that turned out to be a monster. Like that's a, that's something from D and D. Right. But, um, I, I don't really know much else. There were some, uh, people who did know about D and D at the showing that I went to. Cause I heard them talking about it afterwards behind me. I see. I unfortunately didn't pick like a busy showtime. I went like after work one day. And as we all know, I get off work kind of early. So I, I, when I, if I go right after work, it tends to be pretty quiet. Um, um, but I know a lot of people who are into D and D did go like, and it was a big thing. Cause like, again, friend of the pod, I know her D and D group all went. Um, oh really? That's yeah. Cool. And they all really liked it. So, um, so I assume that that means that it is, you know, has a lot of references, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is just what my assumption would be. Um, but I don't know. Um, so either way though, it's good. So, you know, that is also a testament to the movie. If we don't know a lot about D and D and we also still like it, obviously it's a good movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a fun <laughs> adventure movie. You de- definitely don't need to know anything about D and D going in. I don't know if that adds something, if you do know about it, but I think there were a lot of nods to stuff that's been a part of the game. So I, I do think that it probably does, but um, it's yeah. not necessary by any, by any means. There's definitely like the, the main, uh, group of heroes is very much like the archetypal groups or tribes, whatever of D and D. Yeah. What's um, yeah. You know, the bard, the mage, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know, um, what those words are called. I really liked the main cast too. Um, it was really nice that first of all, I mean, Chris Pine was good. Chris Pine is always good. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, always a delight to see um sophia lillis i like forgot about her um so it's good to see the girl from it do better yeah. do some stuff again yeah um, i don't think i've seen her anything since it right uh justice smith um he's really funny um so i really liked him and i get it now Roger jean page you know i didn't watch bridgerton or whatever but like i watched this movie and i was like yeah okay that's totally <laughs> i get why we watch bridgerton I see yeah I, you know i love i love <laughs> his character in this is like the kind of smoldering like handsome guy but also he's like 
he's like speaking really weird and kind of standoffish. So people like he's kind like, of a dumbass. He's like, yeah. yeah. It's like, God, like, can, like he's really awesome, but like, can we get away from this guy? He's a little bit like, like, um, like Drax and, um, Guardians yeah. Yeah. Um, except for like less, like he's not like the big beefy one, although he is like the sort of like the, um, the powerhouse in terms of like fighting. Um, yeah. Um, but like he, um, he just like takes everything super literally and um yeah so that that's like his whole shtick um and he's pretty he's pretty funny he he's good very funny yeah um hugh so. grant was great hugh grant Playing. is good hugh grant is good hugh grant is always good though that sort of feels like a cop-out to compliment <laughs> hugh grant um, of course yeah you know just gotta gotta mention that he's in there and you'll so know i didn't linger on chris pine either because yeah. i was like well you know that's like come on like chris pine hugh grant these are you know these are the guys chris pine yeah. is like when you when you see that he's leading a movie like this you just know that it's going to be at least watchable like you're yeah. going to have fun watching chris pine chris pine okay. is like definitely the best of the chris's right like of the hollywood chris core oh yeah core. he's easily the best i think so yeah like Evans, Pratt, Hemsworth. Come on, sorry, but it's all about Pine. It's all about yeah. Pine. Um, yeah. So this movie's good. Go see this movie. Well, I guess don't go see it anymore. It's probably too late. But um, I think it's around some places. I think I, it's still here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just I tend not to assume that that's the case elsewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I, I think there's still a few screens around here. It is um, definitely still playing here. I just checked. Probably it's just it was very fun to see this film with an audience. Um, yeah, there was some really funny bits that like got everybody laughing. Yeah, uh, especially the the scene with certain uh, unique dragon. That oh was... yeah, the dragon. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was really good. That was really funny. Everybody um, was roaring during that section. It was so fun. Yeah, I really liked that scene. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, good movie. Really, really enjoyable. Um, it also looks pretty good. I mean, um. There's a lot of CGI, but I thought it looked good. Yeah, I mean, it's a good look. Uh, it's a good mix of practical and CGI effects yeah. in this. Like, there's that like that moment where they show up in the river town where Reggie John Page's character lives, and he like he saves like the baby of a cat person from the oh belly yeah, of this yeah giant fish thing, and like they they're using like actual puppets for yeah. like the cat people. And um, also that scene, it like where Hugh Grant meets up with Chris Pine again for the first time. They're in the castle, and uh, Chris Pine gets trapped in the floor because of that enchantment oh, yeah. spell. They actually did that like completely practical. Okay, that scene though was like kind of like triggering to the fears that Jumanji instilled in me, <laughs> like the um, quicksand the fears quicksand yeah. thing. Yeah, um, I had like a deep fear of that as a child. And the whole time I was watching that scene, I was like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> what so. if quicksand could pop up anywhere? Yeah. Well, I really thought quicksand was going to be a big problem. And it was not, obviously. Um, but I have experienced quicksand once. And it was like, Ooh. it's like kind of like weird. I mean, it wasn't really quicksand. It was sort of like a, a I guess it was like a sinkhole or something. But it was, it was similar to quicksand. Okay. Um, but um, I guess it was quicksand by definition. Um, but anyway, that's not, that's beside the point. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so um, I do, it was, it is a weird, it's a, it's a fear that I have long had of like the floor becoming quicksand and then me being stuck in the floor. So to me, this was really um, upsetting. 
Uh, well, I'm sorry. Really I'm cool. sorry you had to go through that. Thank you um, so much for understanding my um, situation. Yes, it was a cool effect, though. It was really cool. I really lots liked of, it. <laughs> lots of cool effects in this movie, um, and just like everything looked really good and really pretty too. Like you could tell they did a lot of shooting on location in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Not and so much less of that kind of just all green screen style of action adventure movie. Which I think really makes such a difference. Like, it does. Even it just makes, for the basic scene. And it's so noticeable when you see a movie like this um, and you and you see what you've been missing out on. Um, it's just so apparent that it makes a huge difference. It's kind of upsetting. It's kind yeah. of upsetting how much of a difference it makes. <laughs> you're like, you're like uh, what have we lost all this time? Never forget like, what they took from you. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's not really just the use of CGI. Cause like there, like we said, there's some good CGI in this movie and lots yeah. of it too. Um, it's it's the fact that like entire CGI locations are used and stuff. Um, it's the fact that you have like an actor standing in a room where they're they're not interacting with anything real or physical, just like literally nothing, and that's like not. You can tell first of all, and then it also doesn't produce great acting. Like yeah. It just, it doesn't. And that's, I mean, it's just human nature. Like, of course you don't react the same way when every, when you're just standing in a room of green sheets everywhere. Like what? Come on. Like, <laughs> it, I don't know. So yeah, the, I, it just, it's really apparent when they're actually filming on location. Yeah. There, and there's just a lot of great scenery that you get to see as a result. Um, Cause the, the filmmakers are trying to show it off. That we spent all this money to go all around the world. Like they, they filmed in a bunch of different locations for this. Um, so they're showing it off and it, it makes it look better. It, it feels like you've been on a real adventure by the end of it. So I like that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Anyway. Um, last, last current feature of the night. Uh, and one that I just saw this week, evil dead rise. Yes. <laughs> this, I saw it over the weekend. Yeah. This movie is wild. This just came out. Um This might be the only one you can still catch in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you we're you should about. definitely be able to catch this one still in theaters. Um very, very cool. So I like there hasn't been a bad Evil Dead film yet. I don't think. No, um, I don't think so. This one is this one is interesting because they kind of take yeah, you know, like so far, all the movies have been set in a cabin in the woods, um, basically. Except for, one. except for, <laughs> I was gonna a very say, notable exception. <laughs> except for Army of Darkness, which is its own thing, and also a lot of fun. I love Army of Darkness, um, but we haven't had a modern one that wasn't set at basically the same cabin in the woods. Um, and this one set in Los Angeles in an apartment building. Yeah, the fakest Los Angeles ever, though. Oh, yeah. Very... It's so funny. They're like, this is Los Angeles. And then it's like pouring down raining. And I'm like, okay, so strike one. And then then they're like, and you look around the apartment. I'm like, this is not Los Angeles. This is not where anybody, this is not what anybody who lives in Los Angeles lives like. They had a basket of eggs on their countertop. The, America doesn't do that. The U.S. doesn't <laughs> leave their eggs out of the fridge. We just don't do that. Sorry um maybe that, in la they do who knows they're, i don't think they i think la specifically they don't because it's hotter there but like um yeah but it's very funny when it's you know 
I don't I don't complain about I don't really give a shit about that sort of thing. Um, I saw Scream Six, so I can't complain about when a thing doesn't match the location it's supposed to be set yeah. in. Um, but it is very funny when it's like transparent. It's like I, this is not it. Like I did not. think this was like the spiritual um, companion to Scream Six. Um, yeah, we've got the New York horror slasher movie, and now the L.A. like demon cabin movie. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. We, yes. we're, we're moving horror to the big city. I mean, uh, you know, it's a that's a there's a grand tradition of horror franchises deciding, you know what, let's shake things up by going to a big city, um, because most horror doesn't. Uh, most horror does not, you know, start in the big city anyway. Horror is usually relegated to the suburbs and like rural areas. Right. Um, or like the wilderness or something. Um, but there's a, a grand tradition of of transplanting it to the the city for some some installment, especially late in the game, when it's like we need to shake things up somehow. So it's fun when it's done well, and I thought it was done pretty well here. I liked the apartment setting. I thought it um, it did add a certain amount of claustrophobia. Um, so I liked it. I yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think they they did a good job of like you know putting you in that big city to start with, and then isolating the characters. Having that big earthquake, yeah. having nobody. The earthquake was the out. most LA realistic thing about. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I was like, oh yeah, of course it, this all begins with an earthquake. That's so LA. Um, um, I also liked um, when and this is kind of a spoiler alert, but also like not if you have seen any Evil Dead movies. Um, when there's like a chainsaw in this LA apartment complex for some reason, I'm like, why the fuck do they need a chainsaw here? Like you, there's no, what are they doing with a chainsaw in the LA apartment complex? Well, it was all from that one random landscaper that was parked in the What's, garage. Where, where, did you reason. see the outside of that apartment complex? What's being landscaped? It's I like by a uh, highway overpass. Somebody, like... <laughs> some landscaper lives there, I guess. And it was very, is allowed to store their wood chipper there. The wood chipper was the funniest part. I was like, why is this here? Well, um, as soon as we saw that in like, the, well, it was like I know what's going down. Establishment of the of yeah. the that was the scene. ultimate Chekhov's gun. That <laughs> was like, <laughs> like oh boy, looking forward to that. It's coming up. I was like, no way in hell is that not getting used. Um, <laughs> that would be great but, though to just like establish a wood chipper and then like not use it at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, modern Evil Dead movies would not do that. It's so funny that Evil Dead has become this thing where it's like, it's the most vicious, grueling, violent experience. I'm like, I don't really know if that's how Evil Dead started. Um, not... Well, I guess it is sort of how Evil Dead started, but then it for parts two and three, it was really not, you know, it was like really funny and campy in two and three. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, two... Evil Dead is a really interesting franchise. Um <laughs> It is, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's ever been that, like, gruesomely violent until the, the new ones. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, for its time, Evil Dead was very, like, gory and graphic. I mean, part one features a pretty grueling rape scene. I mean, it's tree, but it's, you know, <laughs> that's still pretty upsetting. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'd say it's not particularly, like violent or bloody well it is violent but it's not particularly like gory um but then it, it's kind of like violent in a goofy way like the yeah. deadites the deadites are so like humorous in addition to being scary that yes. it's not it's never like really like oh super intense it's just really entertaining and fun yeah. and of course part one scary. is like really campy 
not always intentionally due to like budgeting and things like that. Um, and so parts two and three just leaned into that element. Um, and so it was interesting when t- the 2013 remake came out, I guess re not really a remake. I don't know. It's something. Um, and then it was like, well, now we're going to just like lean really into like the frightening horror, super grueling gore aspect. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um and and so it's so interesting that that's like sort of like the identity that is taken up and it's worked though i think it's been really good for the franchise but um because i you know i i you know i thought the comedy stuff was fine but it i prefer the like actually being scary um so you know i like a good mix you know like i i find that doing comedy in a horror movie even if you're not sticking to like a full-on horror comedy formula can still be a lot of fun yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely, and you should do that. I mean, um, and I think these movies do. I mean, by by just virtue of having the deadites, which just like shout absurd, ridiculous things all the time, there's yeah. going to be humor. Um, so, you know, there there is some of that, um, no matter what they they do. So, I think it works. Um, but I do think the 2013 and this this one are pretty um actually like frightening experiences, um, and that's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, and this one is great to see in a cinema too because it's got that amazing sound mix that really yeah. draws you in and surrounds you with scary sounds and stuff. The the sound mix for this was so enveloping. Like you could hear like flies buzzing and mm-hmm. you could like follow them around the room. You could hear like voices whispering from off-screen and stuff it it was really unnerving the kind of stuff they did with the sound um right. so i absolutely love that um also really amazing visuals that are great to see like towering over you like that title card drop oh yeah great beginning. title card drop what, that's really an old timer right there yeah. uh very fun um so yeah the this is one you want to see in theaters if you can um just really fits the cinema environment unfortunately not really much of a crowd when i went to see this this was oh really very very empty theater but i I went during the week Mm, so that's always like it's always pretty dead around here but um we went on a um saturday night we just watched the 2013 one again and we had a sold out theater so it's pretty fun oh Um, hell yeah um, people were having a good time um <laughs> and that was that was a lot of fun and it was like a stormy saturday night like it was like Ooh. dark and and rainy and and thundering outside and i was like oh yeah fitting we're the, getting vibe. the evil dead experience out here <laughs> um so it was really fun um i really enjoyed it um and the audience seemed to as well i especially liked um the whole bit with the records in this one. Oh yeah, that's um, pretty cool. I, I liked first of all the the discovery of the underground bank vault library, uh, which is like one of those things that like as soon as that's revealed, you're like, oh, you don't want to go in there. Like, yeah, the whole <laughs> that one that boy, I was like, you are a doofus. He was just like, I'm gonna go down there and get it. I'm gonna play this record. I'm gonna read this book. I was like, this is all bad. These are all bad decisions, objectively bad. I was like, this is a like, terrible idea. But I'm like, if I was that kid, like this is exactly what I would have done at that age. Yeah. Like this, this I, is basically that's me. true. I think that the funniest thing is that like 
I think that if I found this shit in like a cabin in the woods somewhere, I'd be like, yeah, I'll probably peruse that. But like, if I find this in a, some weird recently unearthed vault in a fucking LA apartment complex, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> like I, I don't know what goes on with LA cults. I don't want to deal with that. So I'm not touching that shit. Like I think LA cults are probably scarier than woods cults. So I like, I'm not doing that. So I props to him, although he ruined his entire life and also his family's life, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have done it <laughs> all because he wants to be a DJ someday. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was like, he was hoping he could find some good mixes on there. He was like, yeah, I was like, you think that is good? You're going to find some good music. He's like listening to like electronic music at the start. I'm like, you think the kind of music that you're going to find down there is going to help your DJ sets? I don't he was, think so. He was listening to LCD sound. Yes. System. Right. He's like <laughs> mixing a live LCD sound system track. It's so but funny. Like, He's like scratching the turntable. I'm like, all right. Are um, there, are there teenagers in 2023 listening to LCD sound system? God, Please, they're better. Fucking be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LCD sound be. system is objectively cool. So there should, Oh be. yes. Um, but yeah, that was that was really funny. I thought I thought he was very he was very humorously a doofus about the whole situation. I was like, you, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, one thing I liked was that there was like a large kid presence in this movie, and there that's the first for the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think they were annoying. I think that often kids in horror movies are annoying. Um, I didn't really think they were here. Um, even like the youngest, who's like obviously like the one who was like, "We must protect." Um, but like, I didn't think she was particularly annoying. Um, no, no, she was actually like, I mean, she did like one really dumb thing that you'd expect the little kid to do. Yeah, that uh, was really dumb. I was uh, like, "Come on." Um, other than that, though, like she especially since she seemed pretty savvy. I was like, "Don't do this," and then she did it, and I was like, "Yeah." Oh. Other um, than that, though, she was pretty on top of things. She wasn't annoying. Um, the yeah, funniest thing about this movie good characters. was that none of them could really mask their Australian accents. Like they really <laughs> needed more American accent training. And I was like, this is very, very funny. Obviously I got over it very quickly. Like who gives a shit? But like, it was like, you would hear them enunciate some words and I was like, Oh, you are Australian. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially like the kids, the kids were the worst about it. Um, presumably because they're younger. Um, and that makes sense. You know, somebody like, you know, Alyssa Sutherland and stuff, they probably had more training on this. Um, right. Speaking of Alyssa Sutherland, she fucking rules. Oh, my God. Yes. So good. Just so good in this movie. Um, she's so scary and so funny. Um, she's great. Um, yeah. She's a yeah. rock star. In this. She was absolutely terrifying. Uh, and she, she, what my favorite thing that she did was she did so many like different voices. Yeah. And she really did a great job of like manipulating her voice to the scene, uh, to do like whatever the scariest thing would be at that moment. Sometimes really loud, sometimes really soft, sometimes just like giving that kind of creaky sound to it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. She was yeah. very good. She was so good. And she was obviously having just like a great time doing this role. And uh, I respect that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was a cool movie. Yeah. Very, very fun. I liked, you know, it was a neat hour and a half horror film. Just very tight. Well composed. Right. I wasn't I, I was like expecting. So when I went out to the movie theater, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be like, when am I going to get back tonight? And I checked the time 
for the movie, I was like, oh, wow, it's an hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> yeah, isn't that nice? It's That's, so nice when a movie's an hour and a half. This is what being in your um, 30s is like. You're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I get to go time, home early. Our showtime didn't start until after nine. So I was like, god damn it. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, but then I was like, oh, this is fine. It's totally fine. Um, but, you know, like being in Manhattan for a movie that starts after nine and then having to get back to Brooklyn, it's like, Jesus Christ almighty. But when it's only an hour and a half, it's like kind of bearable. Um, yeah. So I really appreciated that. Um, all in all, this is great. Um, there's more to come from this franchise, I think. Um, yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, let's do a slight spoiler conversation. Um, so spoilers right now, spoilers, spoilers. Um, when they become like the scary hybrid thing at the end, I was like <laughs> losing my fucking mind. I was like, what's going on here? They were like, <laughs> they were like going through the shunting in, <laughs> in, um, society. Yeah, that was then... so, I was like, this is the, like, this is egregious. Um, and like, it was like probably the worst CGI in the movie. I was like, this is very, very funny. It was very um, goofy. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that they like gave you the quick glimpse of the, uh, like the book the illustration in the book before yes. this happened yeah and then they didn't quite show what was happening it until they revealed it later but you're yeah. like oh they're i bet they're all like melding together to become some sort of horrible monster it, it was <laughs> really but like the effects of that sequence were really giving scary stories to tell in the dark i was like we're really doing this <laughs> <Yeah>. right now <laughs> like <laughs> it did kind of feel like that where it's like we, we, we tried to take this really messed up illustration and turn it into like a CGI creature thing. Yeah. I was like, we probably could have done, we probably should have done something practical here, but I don't know what you could have even done. Like, I have no idea. Like, um, um, but it was, it was very ridiculous. I liked it. Obviously that led to the wood chipper. Um, so not mad about it. Um, but, um, that poor little girl was like traumatized. Um, Oh God. Yeah. She's going to be so messed up. Yeah. Poor thing. Um, but you know, you win some, you lose some. I guess <laughs> that's that's <laughs> one way of looking at it. Definitely, <laughs> like ah, well, uh, you know what? We'll we'll write off today. Hopefully, we'll have a good day tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for like a, a the next sequel where like they can meet up with Jane Levy. Like we need like the the all of it to come together. You know? Yeah, yeah. I do wonder if they're going to like tie that in they make a reference in this one especially right to like how there are three known necronomicons or whatever yeah Um, i wonder if there's like a plan for like one that features like the other necronomicon and then it will all come together but that feels a little too much like doing like the marvel template for evil dead which feels fucking ridiculous so from Um, what i've read like there i haven't seen ash versus the evil dead but they're, either, yeah. They um from what I've read just about people talking about it online is that they do make use of one of the other Necronomicons in the show. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So I think the idea is that the they're the ones that we've been see, seeing in the movies and shows so far are distinct different ones. Yes. So yeah. the there is kind of an extended universe that already exists. Um but who knows if they actually like tie it together and bring in those characters at some point. Um, who knows? But they did it, at the end of 2013 evil dead. We did get ash very briefly. Um, yeah, but he didn't do anything. Like it wasn't, he like, didn't do anything. It was, yeah, yeah. was kind of like, okay. So like I was, I was wondering like, are they going to show him in this movie? No, you hear and, his voice. That's it. in this movie. Yeah, they um, did not. And, no. 
uh that was so i don't know i don't know if they're gonna try to just keep doing different kind of one-off installments like these well, last he's two talked did. about um because there was like an interview recently where he said that he and sam raimi had like ideas for future movies and that he wasn't thinking it'd be 10 years you know between them anymore it'd be more like two or three years yeah i hope not. Um, <laughs> um so that's pretty cool um yeah i don't know i don't know what to expect but i will be seated for whatever comes next definitely like I said, like I have, I have not disliked an Evil Dead movie that I've seen, so and I've seen them all. So I'm definitely looking forward to whatever they do next. Right. It's gonna be fun. All right. Now let's move over to our main feature of the night and talk about I know who killed me. That was my like slinky club music. Um, um, I do love that this movie starts off with like a <laughs> erotic dancing scene that has nothing like there's no reason like there's... it's just there okay so let's get the like some things out of the way first and okay. foremost this there's movie... a lot that needs to be established here yeah so this movie first of all is ridiculous it is presented as like a horror thriller which is also funny um but also, this is very clearly a movie that was capitalizing on a moment in time for Lindsay Lohan. Like, yes. It was Lindsay Lohan getting it, like, Lindsay Lohan doing stripper scenes was, like, a large point of this movie. Like, that was a primary purpose for creating yeah. this movie. We get to see um, Lindsay Lohan doing sexy stuff. She doesn't actually do any nudity in this movie, I don't think. I Yeah, I don't think so. But... You know, there's suggestive dancing and there's some skimpy outfits. There's a sex scene. Yes. There's a very interesting sex scene, actually, yeah. which we, we should definitely get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that is like a really fundamental part of understanding this movie is that it is a vehicle for her to like break out of the like Disney mold. Um <clears throat> As we all know, Lindsay Lohan had some struggles for a while there. Yeah. This was coming around those times. Um, this, this was around the, the bad times for her. Like, this was when she had, like, kind of a controversial <clears throat> public persona in terms right. of the stuff that she was doing. It's It's interesting because I think the movie coming at that time for her and then being such as it is with, like, the quote-unquote two versions of her character in this movie... Um, one who is like a good girl aces everything um, and one who is like a bad girl. Like it is kind of interesting um, that that's like the thematic through line of the movie, which is also like the, the real life experience she was having. Um, yeah. It's, it's the two Lindsay's. It's also yeah. an interesting companion piece to one of her more famous films, the parent trap. just think about i'm thinking about like a child watching this movie to compare to the parent trap <laughs> like oh another Lindsay lohan twin movie okay yeah and we but we i i guess we've already kind of given the game away but it's going to be very hard to this talk movie about. is oh is like 15 years old 15 years old <laughs> uh, it's going to be very hard to talk about this film without spoiling it so we're no, just we have say, to spoil it because the the twists make this movie the twists are essential to everything that happens in this movie yeah um i don't think it's even that hard to figure out what's going on within like the first like 
maybe 10, 15 minutes of the movie. No, it's like, come on. Of course that's what's happening in this movie. But um, yeah. Um, if you, if you really don't want this movie spoiled, go check it out. Yeah. It's a trip. It's really, it it's, it's wild. You won't be, I mean, I don't know if you, if you like the kind of goofy horror movies that we like to watch, you'll enjoy this movie. That's what I'll say. Right. Um, other than that, we're going to, we're going to start spoiling a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. Um, the premise of this movie is that Lindsay Lohan character a, um, um, she plays this like really good high achieving girl. Who's obviously in like a sort of like icy household where they all just want her to like do good work or whatever, I guess. Um, yeah, that's Aubrey, by the way. Yeah, that's Aubrey. Aubrey the Aubrey, good girl character. The good girl character. And she goes missing. Um, but then when she returns, she insists that she is not Aubrey. Um, like she comes and like, there's like a serial killer on the loose. You know, I should note like he's been killing local girls or whatever, or yeah. taking them. And then they find one body and then she goes missing. And so it's this whole thing. So everybody assumes she's going to be dead, but then she comes back and she's not dead, but she does have wounds that match the body of the girl who was found dead. And so everybody's like, Oh, you know, but she insists that she's not Aubrey. She's very, very insistent upon this. And so the police are trying to figure out what's going on. And they're like, she's delusional. And her parents are like, you are Aubrey. Um, and so it's like this whole thing. So that's like really like the main overview of the plot. And that's what's driving everything. Um, so now we can talk about it freely, I think. Because um, <laughs> um, the plot is not extremely um, intricate, I would say. Um, it's pretty, you know, it's chugging along. Um, but it, it is a little twisty. It's kind of like a late entry saw in some ways where it's like all <laughs> leading up to a twist, um, like um, a twist. that was maybe kind of obvious. Um, it does have that, that vibe to it. So yeah. Um, it's also like low key supernatural um, for reasons that I don't understand. Like, I don't think that that was necessary. Um, <laughs> um, there's also like an owl who plays a key role in this movie. The owl was like sending me every time they showed that fucking owl. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like animatronic owl or whatever. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> owl keeps showing up. I'm like, or is this the, uh, the, the fourth, fourth kind? kind. Or something? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this fucking owl. What are we doing? Here? Maybe they're, maybe they're trying to mislead us. They're like trying to make us think it was aliens all along. Like what's with the owl there? motif? I just want somebody to tell me what the owl is supposed to fucking mean. Um, Neil McDonough, McDonough, I don't even know how you say his name, is in this movie, which I think is really funny. Like, why is he in this movie with his very intense eyes? Um, he's her dad. Um, he just has, like, the most intense stare. Like, I think that if he ever looked at me, like, witheringly, <laughs> I would, like, collapse. Yeah. Um, so, he's a pretty intense looking guy. Gregory um, Itzen is in this movie, who I know from 24, and that's very important to me. Um, so, he gets stabbed with a butter knife. Um, not in this movie but in 24 um, okay <laughs> and this he's her therapist um so um yeah so okay the funniest thing about Lindsay lohan good girl character in this movie is that she's this good girl but then she's also maybe doing like fuck me eyes at her house gardener for reasons that i don't fucking understand <laughs> <laughs> and that go nowhere like that plot goes absolutely nowhere but it's like like really like played up at the in the opening and he's like taking off his shirt for her and she's like Ooh, and then flicking him off and i'm like what's going on and she's like, like i've decided herring. i'm not having sex with people i don't love anymore and her friends are like oh yeah because you were such a hoe before or whatever and i'm like what's going on like what the fuck is happening right now 
Um, but it's a very funny. I think we're throwing a couple of red herrings early on in terms of like who might be doing the killing. Um, you know, she's, uh, she pisses off her, her boyfriend a little bit in biology class. Well, there's a bigger red herring that honestly is never really explained with the boyfriend. And that's the the blue roses. Like he's giving her blue roses this whole time. (laughs) And then the killer turns out to be having a thing for blue rose etched into glass or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Like killer has a weird thing about blue um, for some reason. But it's weird because it's not just the killer. It's the entire movie that has a weird thing about yes. blue. Yeah. So it's like, well, is it really the killer's thing or is it just the movie's what thing? What is um the, the quote? Blue ribbons are for winners. Never settle for red. Fuck off. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> that sums up the movie right there. So there, there is there is a blue red motif. The two yes. different Lindsay Lohan characters are both associated with the colors blue and red. Yeah. Mostly, the film is using blue uh, for Aubrey's character. So we get a lot of blue early on. Um, there's the blue roses. She's wearing blue. There's just scenes where like multiple different things in the frame are blue. <laughs> like noticeably blue yeah like very bright and like all the same shade blue oh it's yeah like, it's like <laughs> highly saturated like this is like an extreme blue it's very very blue and also so, like those fucking blue roses are like the if somebody gave me those i'd be like you buy these at the fucking party city like yeah, what the- <laughs> those are those are not real like there are blue roses out there yeah they're not that color blue no <laughs> that is like <laughs> That is like the blue curacao of blue roses. Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got them from the, the guy at the flower stand. And I'm like, no, you fucking didn't. You got those from a party store. Like Those are not real roses, clearly. So funny. So funny. That guy might be the worst, doofiest boyfriend of all time. <laughs> like, he's just like a fucking idiot. Okay. Um, I, also, that is like one of the oldest high school students I've ever seen in a film is the boyfriend yeah, um, how old is he he's like got like a receding hairline so i he was does like have a receding hairline. i was like how old is it he's like 35 when they made this movie oh the my actor God. played it and uh i think he was born in 74 okay, he, was, he was like so. thir- he was like 32 yeah he's, he's like 32 young. Lindsay lohan was like 22 when this came out 22 you can get away with being an 18 year old yeah that's yeah she's like believably cast as a high schooler he is not yeah (laughs) he is like when he comes over to like study with her or whatever it's like why why is this full-grown man like in this house studying with their daughter like what is (laughs) he was kind of having a moment right then because he'd just done when a stranger calls the remake um um, and he also played a high schooler there. I don't know what the fuck was going on in the late two thousands, but they were like Brian Girardi needs to play like fucking high schoolers now. Um, <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, he really does not look like a high schooler in this movie. Just like absolutely not. Um, and he's like when they're sitting in like science lab, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, like I loved that scene. I love when they're like in like I love when a bad movie needs a high school scene, so they're like let them sit in like a bio lab i'm like all right like do you think that's everyone's high school experience my like interaction with bio lab first of all was not senior year so yeah I don't know, no like 
We did bio in freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we didn't. That was um, earth science, as it was called. So it was like geology. and. Oh, we did that senior year. Oh, no. That was freshman year for me. And then bio was was um, second um, um, for sophomore year. And then hmm, there were two more sciences. Oh, I must have taken chemistry and then AP chemistry. They must okay. have been separate. Um, no physics. AP bio, too. Physics was not a required class. You could you could not take physics if you. Chose. Oh my god, I would have yeah. loved that. Um, um, I so I did not take physics in high school. I took physics classes in college, um, and I was fine with that. Um, although I actually like physics, so I kind of wish I had taken physics. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, but they like I love that when like high school movies need like classes to show they're like we got to put them in a lab. Um, <laughs> I'm like yeah, nothing says high school like a lab um i i also loved him like looking at the microscope and it was like can you show me the female uh sex organs and like he pulled him up pulled it up and she was like oh those are the male sex organs so i'm like wait what what slide are you looking at right <laughs> like how do you what's going on um that was funny that whole thing was funny <laughs> this like like why aubrey's dating this guy when she clearly isn't like into him was funny like i was like what are we what's going on like what what do any of these people want um i also like aubrey's best friends who are like upset that she's gone missing for a minute and then we never see them again um <laughs> like we like they just like they don't come around to visit her they don't do anything they're just like okay why um and i'm like what are they not okay uh, but he <laughs> does he comes around and what happens when he comes around is that first of all he brings more blue roses and <laughs> what's her name not aubrey um destiny dakota dakota wow i was just thinking of stripper names um <laughs> um dakota is like oh uh can you put these in some water to her not mom and i'm like they're not real you don't need to put them in any fucking water <laughs> um, those are but, clearly real flowers um, man but on. then they like make out and he's and she's like i'm not i'm not aubrey i'm really not aubrey and he's like okay and then they still have sex anyway and i'm like you're a bad boyfriend <laughs> you're like a genuinely very very bad because he's like okay so you're not hurt oh i'll have sex with you i'm like you should not do that i, I know also, his, his, I he's know. probably a little fucked up mentally at this moment but yeah like it's like, come on, man. And then they like have like the longest sex ever, apparently. And it's like loud. The and very, very loud, expressive sex upstairs while the mother's just downstairs going like, huh. Like that whole scene was so goofy in the middle of like this, this pretty dark, twisted psychological thriller thing. There's just like this full on comedy scene yeah. in the middle where the mother's just like putting up with Dakota slash Aubrey's behavior now. Because she's like, I'm not your daughter, so like I can do what I want here. And <laughs> just that whole sex scene was so ridiculous. Also, like, why does Dakota want to bang this guy? Like, she's just been through a horrible trauma. This guy is like a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know why she's into it, but she's Presumably just, she just kind of wanted sex. I mean, it's my assumption. Like maybe. she was like, you know. It's been a while. I've been cooped up here. Like <laughs> I've been yeah. in the hospital for a week or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. That was my takeaway. But yeah, otherwise I don't know. Uh the other thing I can think of is that like as we know, I mean, spoiler alert, but we've already done spoiler alerts. Um, she is feeling everything that Aubrey feels. 
So I wonder if there's some sort of like attraction that she feels just because Aubrey had some sort of attraction to this guy. Um, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting. Which could theory. also, whoa, whoa, hold on. Big brain time could explain why Aubrey has a sort of thing for that like skeezy gardener type, which seems more like Dakota's type. Yeah. Um, she's, you know. she's getting those vibes off of uh, Dakota. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, it's probably something like that because they share their, like, they're on that weird wavelength thing. Um, um, the funniest thing that happens in this movie is when she Googles, well, she goes to askjeeves.com or whatever. <laughs> that was like, so, that, that dated this movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love that like, it was right. like, she's going to ask.com to look up her symptoms. Yeah, and she's like, bleeding wounds explained. And it's like, stigmata. And I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) If you Google bleeding wounds explained, the first thing that comes up is not going to be stigmata. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, the only time that you have unexplained bleeding is stigmata you've got stigmata obviously Um, (laughs) it's just like it's not religious stigmata like stigmatic twins i'm like stigmatic twins (laughs) that's the next thing that comes up is stigmatic (laughs) twins which by the way i looked this up if you do google stigmatic twins everything is from this movie (laughs) of course it is (laughs) it's the only time this phrase has ever showed up on the internet um so this is definitely something they just completely made up for this film. Yep, absolutely, but, absolutely. Okay. They even made up like a backstory about some like 1940s gangster. Yeah, um, who was yeah. like well, a. So I really do love that part. So this is like when she does the internet search, they give us like they give us a lore drop here uh, <laughs> to explain what the concept of stigmatic twins is in this world, and I just I love the way they do it <laughs> because. She's she's like watching some sort of like unsolved mystery style yeah. documentary like history channel thing, but she's watching it on the internet in 2007. Sure. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you would have been buffering this for a long time. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> but they're rich but, actually. They probably have like really Yeah, they might have had like a T9 line, who knows. Yeah. Um but <laughs> It's got like the the classic like goofy style bespectable bespectacled host, and he's like talking about the history of stigmatic twins and like the, the this gangster guy who got killed and then his twin started bleeding from the same spot where he got shot. It's like oh yes the the history of stigmatic twins, <laughs> that thing that we all know exists. Uh, <laughs> Like the best known example is I'm like, you mean the only one, this is not a thing that is real. Stigmatic twins have never, of course, because of course that's not fucking real. Right. Like obviously you read about the, you see this and it's like, well, obviously that's not a real thing that exists in the world. Um, Like there's, it's like obviously premised on the idea that like, you know, you talk to twins and there are some twins who will be like, you know, I can tell like if something bad happens to my twin, I can like feel it in my gut, you know? Um, You know, the the people who have those sort of superstitions, um, um, sorry, the police are coming to get me or my stigmatic twin. <laughs> they're um, trying. They're coming to pick up Aubrey from your basement. Yeah, and... um, yeah, because I have one of those. Um, <laughs> um, but um, they so you know obviously it's sort of like building on that concept, but obviously there has never been a situation in the history of the world where if a twin got shot in the neck, the other twin also died from a wound in the neck. 
that mysteriously <laughs> opened up. It's That's so, obviously, if that happened with any regularity, the world would be a very different place. I mean, think about how we would treat twins if that were a thing. Yeah. They, and twins have not been historically treated well by more superstitious cultures. So yeah, uh, <laughs> this is, this would be like, Oh, definitely it's witchcraft. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. There's nothing normal going on here. So yeah, the basic idea is that she finds out that she must have a twin who is Aubrey, but she already she, kind her. of knew that. Right. Because she, we find out later that she saw like the letters with the payments because her mom died or whatever. Right. And like, so that was what led to her getting hit by a car. And that's how she got found and taken to a hospital. And then the wound, I don't really fucking understand what was going on. Um, But then she then has to later do the ask search. I'm like, but you already kind of knew that you were a twin, right? Yeah. But she didn't know where the bleeding was coming from. That's true. But maybe she, well, she had lost like actual limbs. Yeah. She lost. So you would think she would have searched this already is all I'm saying. Um, like you would have think that she would have been searching that when she, her first finger mysteriously fell <laughs> off and she, okay. Her finger falls off when she's b- backstage for a stripper show <laughs> and she gets on a bus to go home. She, she just is like, I'm just going to take the bus home. They're like, are you going to go to the hospital? She's like, who has money for hospitals? So I'm like this, you like your finger fell off. This is right, like, like this is one a, of those things where you go to the hospital. I like, don't, I don't think that this isn't like, uh, you, you sprained your ankle or something. This is right. like, you're losing parts of your body here just for no apparent reason. And the scene where she like wakes up and she like realizes that like her leg has been like cut off. And I'm like, girl, like what? And she just then takes crutches down the side of the fucking highway. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, it's like all right, I guess this is normal. So the I, idea I love here... the class consciousness in the movie though. She's like, she's like low class and like she can't like afford anything, but like the other her is like comes from this like wealthy family. Um Yeah. Yeah. So the idea here is that like Aubrey must still be alive somewhere because Dakota is getting these wounds and dismemberments and also still alive because apparently when you're a stigmatic twin if your twin gets shot in the neck and dies you die too for some reason this is some ice climber shit (laughs) like it's not good (laughs) bringing in the ice climbers (laughs) niche reference sorry um so so yeah, so so she knows that Aubrey is still alive somewhere, and that like she is a twin, and she was right all along, you know. So like at the, this whole time, everybody's been like, "Oh, this is obviously Aubrey. She just got like this deep trauma from her experience, and eventually she'll snap out of it." And there's sort of some credence lended to that by the fact that Aubrey's creative writing assignment is basically just like Dakota's life. Okay. That that is like the fun that is another one of the funniest scenes in the movie is the creative writing stuff. The what about first, when like Aubrey? Okay, the first one is really good. The first one is very funny. The first well, scene in the movie. Okay. Go you you go ahead, then I'll okay. I'll talk about it. So that. the first scene in the movie, yes. 
But what about that other time when they show like a scene of her reading and she's like in those like sexy glasses with her like lightly tousled hair, like <laughs> sitting on the desk in her classroom reading. I'm like, what is this sexy librarian <laughs> thing we're doing? She's like, like <laughs> she's just like in front of the class being like lowering her glasses. She's like, oh, yeah, looking it's so funny. And, so, and I, that's another one of my favorite tropes in these like old, like 2000s era, like star vehicles. Like, thinking of, like, Crossroads starring Britney Spears, where she's like, I wrote a poem. I'm not a girl. Not yet a woman. <laughs> and it's, like, it's, like, exactly, like, that vibe, where it's, like, they they then read their writing, and it's, like, girl, like, this not good. Not good writing. We should calm the, we should step on the brakes <laughs> for a little bit. Um, and it's, like, so funny. It gets, like, hyped up. Like, she is such a writer. And then she reads it, and it's, like, all right. Like, a sixth grader wrote that. Um, and so just so funny. I love those scenes so much. Every time they happen in a movie, I'm like, this is genius. This yeah, is fucking incredible. It's like the creative writing is not like bad for a high schooler, but it's like the level of writing where it's the what the writer of I know who killed me thinks is good writing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> which is the problem. That's the problem. It's it, it and it's you know, it's all about this uh this girl who's like on the run and um who just like doesn't have anything to her name and whatever. And the, the girl is named Dakota. So they're like, Oh, so clearly she's just had this traumatic event. She's, um, she's just imagined herself as this character from her dramatic, uh, her creative writing. And I also, I like the, like the first scene in the movie is her reading this story to her class and i love that it's just it's just like the typical like horror movie um <laughs> early scene where it's like this is where we're going to establish some of the themes that will come back later <laughs> it was like we got to start in a high school classroom this is a surprise <laughs> tool that'll help us later <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's just so good it's so good um yeah those scenes where she's reading oh my god gem poetic genius um it's giving the room too it's giving the room um so good Lindsay lohan she's doing something else in this movie um it's so funny she's like she's like she's a she's an academic star she knows science she's a writer she's a pianist i'm like all right Mary, Mary Sue. Like, what are we doing? We <laughs> She's doing like... it all. She, yeah. But for some reason, though, she decides early on when she's at, she's at a piano lesson with her uh, piano teacher playing this just absolutely flawless technical piece, and she misses like one note, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not ready yet. Like you should have been further along by now. It's like okay. He's like, okay also he's like not a good piano teacher she missed like you should be doing better than this (laughs) he's not giving you any feedback oh then look at this and then he plays it (laughs) (laughs) okay look at the the way my fingers move do you see how you played the wrong note and i played the right one (laughs) that's what you should be doing so good it's so funny and she misses her note because she's busy looking out at like the hot garden yeah exactly one. she's just distracted by the hot gardener that's, like, all, that's a all it is girl of course she's distracted by the hot gardener like what are we talking about <laughs> like it's not that serious but then um, she's like she's the like the hot oh, gardener's not gonna be a problem at her recital right like, uh, hopefully he won't be there so I well don't if think... he is he'll be like clothed and not sweaty like <laughs> 
one would assume, but you never know. You never know. Those gardeners. Um, I've seen Desperate Housewives. <laughs> the gardener boys show up. But then she's like, oh, well, I, I've been thinking and I don't think I want to do piano anymore. And <laughs> it's just like, it's just so straightforward. Like, she's just like, yeah, I want to focus on my my creative writing. <laughs> yes like well like you really you don't have time to do both i mean you're only in high school this is also probably what leads to her getting kidnapped and and attempted murdered but um we shall get into um, that but um it's so funny because i think the movie wanted to establish this idea that her parents were like kind of like detached but like it had high expectations of her because like yeah. he's like a doctor, maybe. Um, it's kind of unclear, but he seems to be in the medical field or something. I don't fucking understand. Um, I don't know what the wife does. She might do nothing. Um, she might be a stay-at-home mother. Yeah, hard to say. Um, so, but like you know, you kind of get the vibe that there's like this certain like she's like pushed to excel. Um, the movie does not explore that well. Just to be clear, I'm just inferring a lot from like general understanding of the 2000s um but like that was my understanding of what was happening there was it like piano was maybe not like her first love anyway um right so um i don't know that was weird though it was like she's like has one mess up she's like i want to quit <laughs> she's just so quick to drop it i was like you've ostensibly been playing this for years because you played it really well until you hit that one bad note um so i I mean, you've decided this now, like what's going on here? Um, but her piano teacher is not happy about it. Um, but yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some. And then they like, what's weird is that it's like, they all go to, what is it? Like a football game. Um, yeah. But like they, they, so like the, the, the order of events is that like they're in, first of all, they're in science class and they find out that, the girl who was missing her body has been found and they're like oh my god and then they all go to a football game where there's like a moment of silence or whatever for the girl who died and then after the football game they're all like partying in the streets like <laughs> well, wait, wait, but at the football game as well like after they do the moment of silence so like now let's go win this one for amy or whatever <laughs> <laughs> like, like what is that really what you would say at that point like hell yeah this is for you mutilated and murdered child fact check no when one of my like classmates in high school he like he died um and like the the and he was like like on the sports teams and in, at the the game following his death i mean it was not a it was a somber affair yeah <laughs> there was no let's win this for them happily. you don't try to get like, the crowd hyped up with the murder victim like that's right. just not that's not good yeah um so they're like they like hype it up and then they all go party in the streets and that's when she yeah. goes missing um, but like the the party afterwards i was like this is when i got really confused i'm like is this actually a college movie because it just seemed like the whole town was taken over by this party after a high school football game see yeah. i would believe it if it had been like set in like texas like Texas high school football is a big. That's thing. the one thing I was thinking, but it, like I think it was unclear where this was actually. And set. it didn't look like Texas. No, it looked I based on everything. It screamed like the Northeast to me. Like, um, but it could it yeah. could have also been like Missouri, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, um, some weird like sort of Midwest quasi Southern town. Um, but. 
I don't know. It was weird. I it, it was not clear where it was set. Um, some sort of small town in some region. <laughs> it was a town in a region, and it's it's a ta- it's a sort of town where it's like there's the wrong side of the tracks and the right side of the tracks, like very clearly demarcated. Yeah. Um, there are the scenes where she's like walking around, where you see Dakota like on the crutches before she gets hit by the car, and those scenes kind of look like they were out west. Maybe, yeah. I thought yeah. there were like some rock structures in the background that looked a little more like western, um, like like a Nevada or something. But I don't know. It was not. It was not clear. So either way, it didn't seem like the high school football game should have been such a big deal. But maybe because they just needed a win because some girl had just been murdered or something, they were like extra enthusiastic. I don't know. Um, but the party happens, and then. It's also kind of weird. She like sees her boyfriend. She's like, I'm going to go catch up to him. And like, he's like three yards away. I mean, he's like right there. <laughs> yeah. And, and her friends are like, wait, don't go without us. And I'm like, well, he's right there. And then somehow <laughs> she gets lost. There's no reason she should have gotten lost. At that yeah. Point. It's, it's just also wild. what about the scene where she's like going to catch up with him? Like who's again, three yards away. And then she sees a truck going by and it's the gardener boy. And she, like, is hiding behind a tree. And I'm like, what are we doing? Don't like, let the gardener see me. It's so funny. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're not doing anything wrong. He's driving down the street. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, very strange. And that's how she ends up getting lost, because she's busy hiding from him. And then her boyfriend moves. And then she's like, oh, no. But it's like, your friends were also, like, just right there. So you could, like, turn around right like your friends should be like right there right now um but she gets lost and then she gets kidnapped um yeah outside of a movie theater i might add yeah a big fun looking movie theater with like a really nice marquee yeah yeah it's giving like old town like old small town main street yeah movie theater yeah that Um, that part really felt like small town yeah vibes there um so yeah that that whole bit at the beginning is how aubrey goes missing eventually and they're um so once she's been captured this killer has like some really weird things that he's into apparently the the um his mo is more about like enjoying the process he's like a what they call a process killer over a product killer he doesn't really enjoy the killing part he just kind of enjoys the torturing bit whatever weird shit that he's trying to do and then he kind of leaves them somewhere for them to die so he doesn't have to deal with it but his big thing that he's doing is like freezing off parts of the body with dry ice like removing fingers and legs who knows reasons that are unknown and like and like every time they're like yeah and he doesn't like the killing so he he finds ways for them to die themselves i'm like first of all that's jigsaws emma so we can all just like like jigsaw um but second of all like They'll be like, oh, he doesn't like doing it. He finds ways for them to die themselves. But he'll, like, bury someone alive. So I'm pretty sure that's, like, straight up murder. Like, that's, like, you are doing. Oh, like, yeah. you don't have to watch it. But, like, you are doing it. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not saying he's, like, like 
they do in the first Saw movie where they're like, he's not really a killer. <laughs> like they, They're saying he's a killer. They're just saying he doesn't like to watch people die. Um, but he does like to watch some pretty gruesome stuff. Like that stuff with the dry ice is pretty disturbing. Um, well, he's a fucking weirdo. I mean, I don't even know what his like point is. Like there's like literally no explanation of what his like reasoning or goal or like mindset is. No. And even when we find out who the killer is, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, there's still really no uh, motivation behind this. It's very, very unclear. And it, the, the end of the movie wraps up so quickly that you feel like, uh, did, did, was there originally something else here that they left out or something where they explained what his whole motivation was or are we just not going to do or that? Do you just not know his motivation? Like, yeah. is that like what's maybe going it's, on? Maybe here? it's supposed to be a mystery. Like why, why would a man be driven to this? Who, who knows? But he, he's also got like these weird blue cutting tools that look like they've been like homemade or something. I could you figure out what those were made out of? Were they like? I mean, honestly, they look like glass to plastic me. Yeah. something. But yeah, he has like these weird looking blue tools that he uses to to cut things off of people. Um, don't know why. Again, it's another bit of the weird blue motif. He also wears blue surgeon's gloves. Those end up being important because uh, um, Dakota sees somebody wearing those when she like at right after she lost the finger. Yes. And that was why like Neil McDonough's character, I like, you know, I kind of think he was like the biggest red herring for most of the movie. I thought it was going to be the first time I saw this, I was like, Oh, it's going to be him. Oh, yeah. be that guy with his blue eyes and his, <laughs> you know, medical. Oh, world. interesting. Yeah. That, it, that could be another red herring. There's a lot of, there's a lot of misleading stuff in this movie definitely trying to trying to get you to think it could be anybody yeah well unclear if it's like all intentional or if it's just like the movie is a mess but um <laughs> bit of this yeah. bit of that definitely <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah the killer like definitely has a thing for blue because again his whole thing is blue ribbons are for winners never settle for red all right i don't know what you mean by that like, that's ridiculous. And also, you know what color is for winners? Gold. Gold is obviously the color for winners. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Blue ribbons are for winners. Um, blue ribbons are for, like, pies at state fairs. Gold is for people who have achieved the win through, like, some sort of, like, competition you know what i mean like like there's a difference between blue as a winning color and gold as a winning color well or like appar some, apparently different. they're also for piano competitions i don't know in if this that's true i feel I like don't... you get a trophy and it has yeah. a golden thing on top it does have a blue base you know um okay uh -huh. what about when dakota like goes to the the house of the girl who died and she's like, thank you. Can I just see her bedroom? And it's like, first of all, you didn't seem to be like, Aubrey was not friends with her. So yeah. it's kind of weird that we're doing this. I've got to <laughs> say. But then it's especially weird that the girl's parent mom is like, why did you come here, Aubrey? You're just reminding us that you're alive and Shay's not. And I'm like, who says that to a teenager who just like fucking almost died? Like, who does that? That's weird. That's fucking weird. Um, granted Dakota is not a nice person, but, um, <laughs> she's not going to take any of that shit. Yeah. Well, Dakota is like, 
the whole time I'm watching Dakota interact, I'm like, I get it. She's like supposed to be like the hardened like girl on the streets. Like she's, you know, she's had a rough go of it. So like, I get it that she's just supposed to be like the sort of like brasher personality type, but she's just like straight up mean to Aubrey's parents a lot of the time. And yeah. I'm like, there's like, like their girl is dead. Like for all they know, you know, like, or like for all, you know, really Dakota at this point, um, like, why are you being so mean to them? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, I think she's partially pissed off that they keep calling her Aubrey. And even after they stop, like, it's very clear that they still How think old that is she she's supposed Aubrey? to be? She's 18, right? He's like, yeah, like 18. So she could just, like, not go with them. Like, she could just not. Like, she doesn't have to be stuck with them and be pissed off at them. She's an adult. <laughs> she's an adult. Like, if she's so annoyed, she could just not go to their home. Um, but if she's going to go to their home and let them pay for her because they think she's their daughter, she could, you know, be a little more reasonable. <laughs> she like, could definitely. But, you know, it's part of it's part of her character here. She's she's the one who doesn't play by the rules, who's a little rough around the edges. That's uh, that's the, the, the bit of characterization that we actually get. So she she finds out this thing about the twins um about like the the stigmatic twins figures out that she was a twin and like she confronts the dad about it she's like i know what happened and basically <laughs> that like their their real daughter like died <laughs> during birth but somehow the mom didn't know about it and they just they bribed a crack addict who just had twins to give them one of her babies. <laughs> and so like the twins were separated at birth and one of them was raised by the crack mom. And the other one was raised by the rich family whose real daughter died. <laughs> Ridiculous. Which is like, I think we're doing like a nature versus nurture kind of thing here. Um, but also just like, absolutely absurd that she was able to piece all that together but apparently the dad was like paying off the the uh the mom of the twins all that time to keep it a secret from uh aubrey's mom which like how on earth (laughs) and also why like why would you keep that a secret all that time What you should have done that in the first place. You could have I mean, just none of this should have happened. Adopted a child normally, <laughs> or and here's a thought: he could have just adopted both of them. That too. <laughs> they clearly had the money, and it's not like completely unheard of for a pregnancy to have to be surprised twins at the time of birth. Like that would be a believably, it'd be a you know, it'd be one of those like, whoa, this is crazy. But it like you know, it has happened. You know? Yeah. Like, so you could have just done that. Like, <laughs> I also don't know how he managed to pull this off without anyone in the hospital knowing, or at least with them like playing along. Like, Maybe he paid <laughs> off some people in the hospital yeah. too. You have to get somebody to pay, to play along with that. Um, well, like, like, presumably I guess there was a corpse that was thrown away. If somebody he, threw that corpse away. Yeah. Maybe like if you're right and he was a doctor, maybe he like had people at the hospital who would work with him on this. I don't know if it's ever clear how this actually happened. It's not. 
it's a, there's a lot that's not clear in this movie. Yeah. Um, hey, this is a movie in which stigmatic twins exist. That is, yeah, yeah. Once once the stigmatic twins come on the board, do you think the stigmatic twin thing, like they're twins, normal, but they're stigmatic because their mother was a crackhead? Ooh, interesting. Effects Are they of, yeah. of drug addiction is in this, babies? Yeah. How does this come to be? What what is it a genetic thing? Is it something that they're exposed to that makes them like this? I feel like maybe, no, that's not really explored, like or like maybe explained. it's just the traumatic separation. But like the the gangster twins that they use as an example, I think they were aware of each other. Like they they were they, they were just were. normal yeah. twin brothers. So it's not necessarily twins who've been separated. But we don't know that their parents weren't crackheads. Yeah, um, that that could have happened. That could be the case. This is how the movie manifests drug addiction in babies. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, usually when babies are born to crack addicted parents, it's not great. Um, yeah. Because babies are often born with the same addiction, and that is a real problem for obvious reasons. Um movie does not mention if they had to deal with that presumably they would have <laughs> um, yeah. um but uh yeah so i don't know maybe something about all of the trauma combined led to stigmatic twindom um which is just still such a ridiculous concept yep yeah very very strange okay so anyway Dakota has to go. Uh, Dakota leaves after confronting the dad about this and goes to the grave of the other girl who was found. And at the grave site, she finds a blue ribbon on the grave <laughs> that is from the piano teacher and has a message on it about like about the blue ribbons. Yes. Yes. A message about the blue ribbons. <laughs> not red ribbons and it's like okay that's <laughs> so it's clearly it's the piano teacher but we're like okay but why that <laughs> right and well, i don't think the why is never answered never really answered other than that like he's disappointed in his piano students and he's like well i guess i have to kill them in this weird dismembery way by like but removing also, it's like the worst murder plan ever to just kill your students you think you were gonna get yeah. away with that yeah because, because like <laughs> like it's literally there are two people in and already people are making that connection exactly <laughs> so, like everybody's gonna know oh yeah oh interesting how both of them had piano lessons with that guy so, <laughs> really really bad idea um yeah and, and so like there's a there's a moment where a guy like a shadowy figure shows up at the grave and Dakota is like worried that it's the killer. He's tracked her down, but it's actually the dad who followed her and he, he's there and she says, I know who killed me. <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah. the moment where you're like, ah, they said the thing. Uh, ah! They said the lie. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I went a little nuts at that point. Yeah. No, um, that was you, you have to have to. Um but yeah, so the dad, the dad's there. The dad like realizes like she's right. We got to got to help her out, and so they go to the house of the piano teacher. Um, 
the dad gets captured somehow very quickly yeah he he's not a very good um he's not very good at this he ends up on the on the killer's table gets killed pretty quick on a gurney yeah he's like in um He's like in a pool of his own blood. I'm like, I don't yeah. know what's going on. There's a lot know. of blood coming out. It's like, wow, like this guy worked fast. Cause like everybody else he's been like keeping alive for days and like torturing with Well, this guy has like a scary basement torture chamber. I'm like, I don't know how you've gotten away with this. Like Yeah. But he has. Yeah. Um, he has. So anyway, eventually Dakota manages to overpower him. And like, she um she chops off his hand or whatever, um, and he yeah. like goes upstairs and has like a meltdown <laughs> trying great. to play the piano. He's, he's like, like he's like moodily trying to play the piano as he's like bleeding all over the keys. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the weirdest killer. He's like, you know, the the girl who chopped off your fingers and whatever is still around, like. And now you're trying to play the piano. And at this point, they could have, like, established why he's doing all this, but they still don't. They just don't bother. They have no interest in doing that. This guy's just deranged, I guess. Like, the one thing is he is cutting off the fingers and the foot that you use for the pedal on the piano. So clearly there's that connection. But again, why? Why any of this? There's no reason. There is literally no reason. He's just doing it. Just out here doing it. Um, also, another thing. Why does nobody use their cell phone in this movie? Well, it's 2007. Like, but, it's two, but it is 2007. Like, people don't have iPhones, but everybody has cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone in 2007. Well, I had a cell phone, but I didn't, like, take it everywhere. And I... And I had like remember like those were the days when like cell phones had like limited minutes and like you couldn't text. <laughs> but like... but you would definitely think to like call someone if like oh we're going out to the murderer's house it's the piano teacher like <laughs> that's true well th- okay so they should have done that but they did okay so that's its own thing that has nothing to do with cell phones because remember they used cell phones early on when like when like um Aubrey goes missing and everybody's like call her phone call her phone. Yeah, um, and they're they're all calling her, and they can't find her, and blah 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 blah. But like when they decide to go to like the 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 musician's house, the piano teacher's house, like they figured like she figures that out at the house with a landline. Like she could have like <laughs> called someone there, like, but she doesn't. So I don't know what's going on. I like she's not. I and also does Dakota have a cell phone? I don't know. Because Aubrey, presumably, her phone was lost when she got kidnapped. Yeah. Did they ever buy her a new one? I mean, they're rich enough to. But yeah, did they exactly. Ever do like, it? this is a rich family. They would but have. But, like, did some... they ever do it? Like, I don't remember ever seeing her yeah, with one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But, like, either way, like, yeah, they're obviously think There were poor choices made. <laughs> like, when they realized that it was the piano teacher... She and her her twin's dad shouldn't have gone to figure this out and deal with him. They should have called the police. That yeah. was the appropriate <laughs> right. like, action to take there. You're like, this guy is clearly a pre-organized serial killer. We should maybe not go completely unarmed to this house. <laughs> um, 
Also, yeah. she like figures it out because there's like a note. Like it doesn't actually make any sense. Like none of it actually like how she's like, oh, it was him. It's like, does it like he left a note on her grave? Like, it is it is very interesting that it's all like drawn out as like this very intricate kind of confusing uh plot with many threads early on and at the end it's just like oh yeah the piano teacher's a killer quick let's run to the house now let's kill him he's, he's dead now at the end like, right it's just exactly. so it's just it feels the end feels so rushed uh much like the end of this podcast because we're running up against the limit of the free recording on this service but with anyway yeah so he gets defeated he's crying at the piano um dakota goes and somehow manages to find where aubrey is buried like in the woods and digs her up and she's like barely alive in there and then like oh they have like a reunion moment well, because he buried her alive in like a a wrought glass fucking blue coffin. <laughs> yeah, where did he get where this? Did he get it? Where the fuck did he get this? <laughs> what is what is going on? Like, <laughs> she's like fucking Snow White. She's been yeah. buried in like a fucking glass coffin. This like, is the strangest serial killer that has ever existed. I mean, like, really, I've seen a lot of serial killer movies. They all have weird gimmicks and weird M.O.s. This guy is all over the place. <laughs> well, Makes... we don't even really know his, like, like we don't know anything about his, like, goal or anything like that. That's yeah. what makes him so weird. Is that it's like, why are you doing this? What is your aim here? What's the, the purpose? No clue. None. Very strange. But, yes. Um, Aubrey is rescued. The dad's dead now, but the dad is dead. Both, and, which the... is like upsetting because that's like definitely that family source of income. <laughs> definitely. So now they're both gonna be. Now they're both gonna have to go into stripping. Actually, I'm pretty the... sure he he seems like like the life insurance plan was probably pretty good. That's true. That's true. They'll probably be okay. But yeah, but they do still. They... And also, Aubrey's gonna like go to college and like get like a you know. She's gonna be a writer though. Like, is she? Gonna... <laughs> Who knows if she's gonna make any money? Well, she will after this incident because she'll oh, yeah. write a book that'll be a bestseller. That's as true. A result, and then that'll yeah. feed her always writing books that sell well. And then they'll make the movie and it'll be, and I Know Who Killed Me Too will all be about when the movie comes out and the kill, a new killer starts up again uh with the killings inspired by the movie. Oh, this is, this is Scream now? <laughs> We're doing Scream. Become Scream. Yeah. I think if I know who killed me, IRL spawned a, a franchise of movies. It'd be more like, um, what would it be like? <sighs> Maybe it would be like Scream. <laughs> Maybe you're right, but it's kind of like it's got like more of a supernatural slant. Yeah, the supernatural thing is not part of Scream, but the because the, the mysterious killer, stigmatic is. twins, and because the killer is somebody that you know. Like, yeah. you know, Scream is, it's always someone, you know, that's like the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of tracks for, I know who killed me. I don't know. They should have done an, I know who killed me too. Um, <laughs> that, I don't know where they would have gone with that. They would have I just want to know what like continues to happen with these stigmatic twins. I really liked when like 
like there there's like the montages of things being figured out and there's that scene those scenes of them at the beach separately but like when one of them gets like hurt the other one starts screaming and crying and i'm like (laughs) so that's like the one memory we have where the stigmatic thing happened like you don't have any other past experiences of that like nothing has ever like if you feel the things the other twin feels you should have like had many many experiences before these yeah like like even just like falling down or like bumping into a wall or something i mean sorry but dakota is like a stripper at a sleazy strip joint she's probably experienced some some rough things that should have impacted yeah um, (laughs) she's she's been she's been around a bunch she's probably been roughed up sometimes but yeah the 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 twin thing is just so wild in this i i honestly like it's a lot of fun though like this yeah movie, oh my god it's so much fun i be clear yeah this movie is a blast like it's just so weird this whole concept is strange uh i love that like this weird supernatural twin connection is like a secret superpower that they use to solve the crime right <laughs> It's like, ah, the piano teacher wasn't counting on this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) you bet. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't. Um, He wasn't counting on the fact that when he cut my hand off, my secret twin's hand also fell. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why. Um, Oh, God, we didn't even we even touch on the fact that one of the early clues to the fact that this is not Aubrey is the fact that the fingers had been sewed back on, which is something that they show during the movie, like later in the movie, after her finger falls off, she tries to sew it back on. Which is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) How did you think that was going to work? Like, oh yeah, this will, I'm pretty sure you just have to stitch it back on and it'll be all right. That's what they do at the hospital, right? It's like clearly, why would you think any of that would work? Clearly, so many things were severed when it was completely cut. Mm. She's not, she's not the brightest. Um, yeah. I also like when she like, it's 2007 and she gets on a bus home and she's just like smoking while holding like her bleeding hand. Cause her finger has fallen off. I was like, pretty sure in 2007 you couldn't smoke on public buses. Um, Maybe it's just like such a dingy part of town. Nobody cares. Oh, also one clue to where they live is that part when she's like waiting for the, okay. What about when she's waiting for the bus and there's like the scary man who like zooms across the highway in like 0.01 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrifying. Was was that guy real? Like, I think that was like an early clue as well. Like that guy was actually in her imagination. But because she was like seeing like um, Aubrey's piano teacher in her imagination, because yeah. it's like a threat to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're probably right, but that was never really made clear. <laughs> no, um, it's just it's it's bizarre. He just like goes Terminator mode. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's all going on here? This is like the Conjuring. Um, <laughs> but like, um, when she's like waiting for the bus, there's like a shot. There are some shots where you can see like they're like at like some docks. Like there are some like ships like docked at some like behind yeah 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 like a whole Um, bunch of so they're clearly like on water i mean it could be a river or lake but it kind of was looking like a small like fishing town kind of vibe Mm -hmm. um a la 
I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Which <laughs> would be, I know who killed me. I know what you did last summer. Hello. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to Google, I know who killed me, the, the search results will always start out with, I know what you did last summer. Right. <laughs> Until you get to the who part. Um, also the prosthetics that Dakota gets. Oh my God. They're after they so, pick her up. Yeah. They give her like this super robo hand. That's like really strong. <laughs> It's like crazy. It like she really for somebody who like is really mean to the rich parents who are taking her in. She like she really takes their money. Um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, okay, I'll take this like super fancy hand that you're gonna give me now. Um, and you know that after the events of this movie, that mom got her other daughter a super fancy hand. Um, but and they're like, and we're gonna fit this over it when it's ready, Dakota. And it's like that's not going to look good. It's like a poly pocket. Hand. Yeah. The um, rubber glove arm thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, and she's like, I don't know. Should I do this? And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Should you, that's your choice. But, but yes, it is an absolutely absurd movie. It's a fun time though. I recommend it. If you like these kind of campy wild horror movies, very fun. It is fun. I mean, this is a fun movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that was I Know Who Killed Me. Glad to glad to get to that one. I feel like that's been one we've been kicking around for a little while and talking about. Yeah. The Lilo-verse. We have to cover the Lilo movies. Yeah. Our next There's... Lilo movie has to be Among the Shadows. Oh, okay. Do you know that one? I'm in. I do not, but it sounds good. She is playing a detective who is heir to a pack oh. of werewolves. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about that at some point. Yeah. Um I feel like Machete we should definitely talk about. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Um but yeah, we'll we'll definitely do more Lindsay Lohan movies. Always always a great sorry. She was good. She'll be one. in some more now because she, the Christmas movie happened. You yeah. Know? It's, it's time. The Lindsay Lohan Assance has begun. <laughs> She's back and better than ever. It's happening. All right. Well, until next time, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Uh find us on your preferred platform and give us a review if you like what we're doing. You can find us on Twitter at Buzzed on Movies and we can email us at buzzarmovies at gmail.com. And until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies or like maybe in a creepy piano teacher's basement. Oh. You never know. You or maybe never we, fucking know. Maybe we won't see you at the movies because you'll be kidnapped by the piano teacher before you can get there. Never trust your piano teacher. That's the moral of the story. Do not trust piano teachers. He is a fugly slut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>